everyone. A friend of mine had a bumper sticker on his car and I was probably, I was probably in my early 20s, maybe late teens, and, and I always thought his bumper sticker was a bit, you know, kind of a bit spiritual, but also kind of a bit I'm better than you type bumper sticker. And it was a kind of a silhouette picture of, of three camels, three wise men, three bags of gifts, and then a caption underneath. So you kind of, that, that sort of Christmas scene silhouette, and underneath a caption that said, um, wise men sought Jesus, today they still do. So in other words, you know, if you're wise, you'll seek Jesus, which is, which is so true, but uh, on the back of a car, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. Uh, I never asked him if he ever had opportunity to, to share because of somebody seeing his bumper sticker, but anyway, it, it's what it is. So we're gonna, as we carry on the Advent theme here uh, today, we're gonna uh, kind of look at the, the Magi, uh, the wise men, Magi is a much more biblical word. That's the word that's, that's really used. Magicians, sorcerers, that would be really what, what magi, magi meant. And we only have 12 verses in the whole of the Bible that, that recounts this particular event. And it's in Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12. So let me read these verses to you. Matthew 2, 1 to 12. You, you're probably familiar with them. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When the king Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star and they, and and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child and his mother and Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. And having, and, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So, familiar story. But there's, there's a lot of fiction that surrounds that story that, that actually isn't necessarily accurate, but maybe it's our, the picture we have in our minds, a bit like my friend's bumper sticker. So I want to have a look at, I've, I've kind of got three headings. One is, is, is fiction and fables. The next is facts and assumptions. And then the third one is learning. So we're really going to separate the, the fiction from the facts. And then I'll make some assumptions that hopefully are based on the facts, but they are assumptions. And then we'll, we'll, we'll see if, what we can learn from this. So first of all, let's just quickly throw out some of this, this fiction and fables. So when you, if you were asked about you know, these magi, you, you kind of, in, your, in your mind, you can't help but picture three because we're always told there's three wise men. There's nothing written. What I just read to you there, there's no account of how many. We don't know if there was three, one. Well, there was probably more than one because it was plural magi, but there could have been 10 or 12 of them. We don't know. 
We also don't know if, if they were men or women. We're not told. We assume, we just say wise men. <laughs> so it could be, we don't know the gender and uh, we don't know how many. We don't really know if they're wise. I mean, I, mean, I would suggest they are because they, they're, they're learned and they've traveled this distance and, and they, they come to Jesus and they're overjoyed. So I think they are wise men. But, uh, but to refer to them as three wise men is, is not biblically accurate. And riding on camels, there's no account of how they came. We know that they, they came from the east, probably from Iraq or, or Babylon uh, uh, that, that was probably in Iraq, probably 1100, 1,100 kilometers journey. So perhaps they did come on, on donkey or camel. Maybe they just walked. We don't know. But we have no, no proof that it was on three wise men on camels. So, so there we go. That's, that's the, the fiction and the fables taken care of. So let's look at the facts and, and we'll make some assumptions um, through this. So we know factually, we're told here that they're magi. So as I said, they, that, that word really means magician or, or sorcerer. So what that actually meant, we don't really know. Certainly learned men who perhaps you know, studied the stars and the universe, perhaps studied uh, scriptures and, and writings and so on. They were from the East, as I say, probably Iraq. But how did Gentile magicians hear about a coming Messiah? How did they know? Who told them that, that this star, this, this was the advent of, of a coming Messiah, the coming King of the Jews? Well, if you think about it, remember Daniel. So 483 years prior to, to this event, Daniel was, was in captivity, if you remember, in, in Babylon. And, and, he, and he prophesied that the Messiah would come. And he probably left scriptures there and so on. And, and, and perhaps, and this is what I think is so wonderful, these, these pagan magicians had been waiting for 483 years, word of mouth being passed down, written word probably as well, from generation to generation, 483 years, waiting for the Messiah for that day. And we're told in Numbers 24, 17, and it's the only reference to, to, that, that we could link to a star. It says, a star will come out of Jacob, kind of the advent or, or a sign that the Messiah is coming. So perhaps, perhaps Daniel, you know, shared the good news that one day a, a king was going to come, a Messiah was going to come to Israel. A star would be the evidence of him coming. And, and these, these Gentile magicians were eagerly waiting. So they saw a star. Uh, some would say it's, it was a supernatural event. You know, we, d we don't know whether that was the case. Some people say, well, there was, you know, if you go back, you know, and it may have been some sort of meteor, some sort of comet, some sort of eclipse or whatever. But we don't know that. We don't know whether it was a natural phenomenon or whether it was literally an act of God where he, he, he placed the star there so evidently for, for them to follow. That would seem to be the case because it seemed to be very much out of the, out of the ordinary. Some would say that the, the magicians heard about it and it was, it was the devil's doing, that he, he told them, you know, sort of satanically told them that they need to go to Jerusalem in order to, to, to uh, warn Herod so that Herod would then perhaps kill the Messiah and, and kill all these other children. So, so we don't know that. I, I like to think that, that it was Daniel, that, that Daniel left the written word there. He, he, he was excited about the Messiah coming. He told them and they were eagerly waiting. So uh, they came to Jerusalem. We, we read that in the text. And when they came there, they, they asked where the one born to be the king of the Jews was, was going to be born. Where, where was he going to be born? And uh, it disturbed Herod. So Herod was disturbed by it. It also says all people in Jerusalem were disturbed by it. So isn't it weird that you've got these, these, these Gentile pagan magicians who are excited and eagerly want to find the Messiah. As soon as those in Jerusalem hear about it, they're disturbed. 
So even though our theme is joy, there's joy for the Magi, but it seems to be disturbing news for Herod and the people and also the religious leaders. The religious leaders knew of Jesus. They knew the Messiah. They knew where he was going to be born. So, so they were eagerly and able to tell uh, Herod and tell the Magi that he'll be born in, in Bethlehem. And they even recited, recited those words, um, those, those prophetical words that, uh, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem of Judah. So, so they knew. <laughs> they, they, they knew where he'd be born. We also recognize that, that Herod was a liar. You know, he said, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him. Herod had no intention of worshiping Jesus. He, he wanted to kill him. He didn't want to lose. He was the king. <laughs> Herod was the king of the Jews and he didn't want there to be another. And he certainly didn't want the Messiah. So, so he was a liar. We also were told, this is factual as well, that the star went ahead of them. So it seems like the star either brought them to Jerusalem or they just saw the star and knew that they needed to go to Jerusalem and find out where he was going to be born. But certainly the star led them from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. And, and in seeing the star and seeing Jesus, the Magi were overjoyed. And that's always the case, isn't it? When, when we find Jesus, when someone finds Jesus, there's always joy. And I love the fact that it wasn't just the Magi were joyful, they were overjoyed. That'd be great to be overjoyed. Joy's fantastic, but overjoyed. Can you have too much joy? It's like an abundance of joy. And then we're told that they worshiped Jesus, they, they gave him the gifts. And then we're also told that, that they were warned in a dream to return by another route. So fiction, fables, facts, and assumptions. So hopefully we've separated those out. But the facts are very clear. They're right here in these 12 verses. So what about the learning? What can we learn from these verses? And for me, the most exciting part is that, and I've just written a statement, anyone can come to Jesus. You know, if you think about it, who came to Jesus? Who were the first people recorded to worship Jesus? Well, the first were the shepherds. So they were those who were in the fields nearby. And the second were these, these, these pagan magicians, sorcerers, from 1,100 kilometers away. Anyone can come to Jesus. And I love what Romans 10, 13 says. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that fantastic? That, that, that you know, for me, everyone means everyone. Every human being, everyone who has breath on the planet can come to Jesus if they call on his name. Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I think that's great news, isn't it? Anyone can come to Jesus. And right at the beginning of Jesus's life, isn't it great that you've got shepherds and you've got pagan magicians? You know, the religious leaders didn't come, not at that time. Some will come later. Some will come to Jesus. Um, but but it, was, it was, in a sense, the outsiders, you know, those in the fields and those who weren't even Jews. So anyone can come to Jesus. Secondly, what's the second learning? It's not enough just to hear the truth. Because think about, think about Herod. He heard the truth, didn't he? You know, the Magi came. They, they wanted to find out where, where the Messiah was going to be born. And then the, the other people said, well, he's, the leader said he's going to be born in, in Bethlehem. So in a sense, Herod believed because he was worried, wasn't he? You know, he, he eventually put to death all those children under the, age, under the age of two. So Herod believed, but he didn't receive the truth. Isn't that sad? You know, it's not enough just to hear the truth, but we need to receive the truth. Herod heard, but rejected the truth. So we, we need to not just hear the truth, we need to receive. It's not enough just to hear about Jesus, we need to receive Jesus. And then thirdly, it's not enough just to recite the truth because the religious leaders and the teachers, you know, in, in, in some ways, a bit like the, these magicians, they were waiting for the Messiah, but actually the, 
the, the, the, the magicians, the magi, acted upon what they saw. They saw the star. They were prompted to go to Jerusalem. When they went there, the, the, the leaders, they knew the truth. Where's he going to be born? In Bethlehem. We have no account of, of any of those leaders accompanying the magi or going to Bethlehem for themselves. You know, it just seems strange, doesn't it, that they, would, they didn't go for themselves to find out. They didn't, you know, if they, they were really waiting for the Messiah, you'd think that they well, let's go see. You know, or send a delegation. Let's go find out. There's no account of those leaders going. So it's not enough just to, to hear the truth. It's not enough just to be able to recite it, you know, read scripture, you know, and know it by heart. But you, we need to believe and receive and respond, respond to the truth. The religious de- leaders didn't respond to the truth. And then lastly, the last learning, no one is too close or too far away to come to Jesus. And don't you love that? You know, when you think of, you think of, of, of who came to Jesus, or you think of the distances involved in what we've just read here, we've got shepherds who are nearby. So perhaps the, the fields around where Jesus and Mary and Joseph were staying, you know, literally just right there, the, the, the closest you could be, they came to Jesus, they worshiped him. Then we've got those in Babylon, those magi, 1,100 kilometers away. You know, they're a long way away. You know, it's not just, a, you know, a flight or a, or a car ride. You know, that, that's, that's days, that's months of, of traveling to, to come 1,100 kilometers. So you're not too close and you're not too far. Jerusalem is only 10 kilometers away from Bethlehem. That was not a big ask for Herod or the religious leaders to come to Jesus. You know, if only they had taken that step, if only they trusted, received, and believed, um, they too could have been overjoyed just like the shepherds. So I wonder, you know, as we, as we wrap this up, where, where you are, are in that. I, I trust as you listen, you, you remember that day when you came to Jesus. You, you maybe had to make a journey. Maybe it was near, maybe it was a longer journey. Maybe there were a few uh, obstacles to jump through in order to get there, but, but you've come to Jesus. Perhaps there's some, some of us who, who haven't done that yet. Maybe we, we know the truth. Maybe we can even recite it. We can even sing on a Sunday, but we've never come to Jesus. I like Luke 18 and 19, there's three encounters, and I think they happen probably within a day. Three different individuals who, who come to Jesus in one way or another. And in backwards order, we've got, remember Zacchaeus, short man. And it's interesting because he, he hears about Jesus and he kind of wants to see Jesus, but, but he can't because he's little. He's not able to see over everybody else. So there's two ways of that, isn't there? There's, there's one aspect to that where you think, well, you know, he'll do anything. You know, those obstacles aren't stopping him coming to Jesus because he, he wants to see Jesus, so he climbs a tree. But also, you can look at it another way. He, he wanted to see Jesus, but from a distance. And I wonder if you're like Zacchaeus, you know, are you, are you willing to, to, to jump over those obstacles and climb a tree just to, to see Jesus? Or are you just happy to see him from a distance? Are you just happy to view him but not get too close? Um, and then just before Zacchaeus, there was another man who, who met Jesus. And this is probably blind Bartimaeus. And he's sitting by the side of the road. He probably doesn't have much. He's probably begging there for, you know, for food, for money and so on. And he's sitting by the road. He hears a commotion. He asks what's going on. They say, well, Jesus is coming. And can you imagine how excited he would be to hear of Jesus coming? Because he's probably heard of what Jesus has done, how he's raised the dead, how he's healed the blind and, and the lame and so on. And, and he, he basically calls out. He's desperate for Jesus. He calls out and says, Jesus, son of David, save me. And the great thing about that is that Jesus stops. You know, there's a crowd and there's one voice. Jesus stops for the one voice. And I wonder if you're a bit like that blind man. You know, you're desperate for Jesus, but you're not willing to call out. I encourage you to call out. Call out to Jesus. And, and he is longing to stop. 
And he says this great thing to, to blind Bartimaeus. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. And Jesus says, you, you know, come here, get up, you can see. And, and he's overjoyed and he, and he jumps for joy and, and follows Jesus and worships him. And, and I wonder, you know, are you a Zacchaeus? Are you just content to see Jesus from a distance? Or are you, you know, are you a blind man? Are you desperate? Are you desperate for Jesus? And then sadly, there's one other encounter, which I think sums up a lot of us. And it was the rich young ruler. You know, we're told he was, he was a young man. He was a wealthy man. And he was, he was in charge of other men and, men and certainly in charge of his own life. Um, and, and he wouldn't come to Jesus. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't fully commit to Jesus. And, and, and sadly, that's, that's often many of us, isn't it? We're, we're quite comfortable without Jesus. And sadly, in 21st century Western Canada, Western world, you know, in, in a sense, we can exist quite easily without Jesus. But, but if I, 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 this, young, this rich young ruler needed Jesus just as much, much as, as the desperate blind man, just as much as Zacchaeus, who, who had to jump through hoops to, to get to Jesus. So I don't know where you are today um, as we kind of come into this Advent season, but, but know that, that Jesus longs for you. Jesus will respond to you if we will respond to him. He, he longs for us to call on his name, and if we call on his name, we will be saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for your word. Thank you for this, this little narrative of, of some magicians in a far-off land who perhaps have, have heard your message pass down through the centuries and respond by, by coming to you. Father, would you prompt us? Would you prompt us to have an appetite to share you with others? And would you prompt, prompt us too, if we, if we are able to recite the truth, if we know the truth, but we've never come to you, Father, would you prompt us to do that? And would we respond and, and come to you with all our hearts? Thank you and, and blessings on everyone today. In your name, amen. <laughs>